Welcome once again to the Documenteers Podcast, the podcast about documentaries. I'm your host, Bob Sham, and each week myself and a pal discuss a different documentary. Hope I sound okay. I got a cold as of this recording. It's very frustrating. We're transitioning towards the new year with fresh 2019 documentaries. And the one that Ginger and I are going to discuss dropped in theaters last spring. You can watch it now on Hulu. We discuss the motivations of the modern satanic temple organization in Penny Lane's film, Hail Satan? Question mark? There's a question mark there. Maybe you've heard about those horned demon statues that show up with wherever Ten of Commandments appear on state and federal property. More on that within this episode. But next week on this show, the holidays go into full swing as a new documenteer sheds some light on ancient Judaic practice that has a lot of Western influence in how it's celebrated. The newest documenteer slash Jewish correspondent, Sharon, joins me as we discuss an educational documentary that dropped on PBS last year, and maybe it will show up again now that it's closer to time. Sharon and I discuss the documentary special, Hanukkah, A Festival of Delights. And it was written, directed, and produced by David Anton. Whip out your finest menorah, griddle up some latkes, and roll up eight crazy hog's legs for all that Jewish fun next week, right here on The Documenteers. Music clip credits for this episode are as follows. We play the song Mountain of Skulls by the thrash metal band Black Mass. That clip is played at the mention of the Satanic Temple doing a Black Mass in Boston. The band Black Mass is also from Boston. Then we play the titular song Oklahoma from the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. The song Ava Satani from the movie The Omen. It was composed by Jerry Goldsmith. And finally, the song Send the Light by Charles H. Gabriel. There might be more I'm forgetting. DocuMeteorsPodcast.com for more information on how to get a hold of us and pictures of what we look like. Five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts will help us out tremendously. Better than the cash in your wallet. As good reviews on that platform are the most helpful in getting our name out there further. I'm proud of what we built with such mediocre net social networking skills. Now just throw down on a review. Consider it. For the holiday. The podcast is on Spotify, but we also have a Spotify username of Documenteers Podcast. So hook up with us there and maybe we can make some fun playlists together in the future. There should already be a nice long Documenteers Year One playlist consisting of tracks representing episodes we have already discussed. Again, this coming March is Listener Request Month. This includes Shorty requests for Fridays. Also, we could use a 30 for 30 request as well. If there's one you can't wait for us to discuss, then let us know and it will probably go down. For these requests, we will probably be drawing from a hat or something. That's that. Let's get into the holiday spirit by discussing Satanists. Hell Satan. And keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Hi, uh, I was wondering who I speak to regarding an upcoming local news event. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I'm calling from Big News Publicity, and there's a rally that's taking place tomorrow at the state capitol uh, by the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple.
Doc, 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 hello. Doc, 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 hello. Doc, hello. You got me dicking in a dock and docking in a dicking in a docking. Hail Satan! Hail Satan. Ginger, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hail Satan. Feeling we're feeling froggy. We're feeling good. Ooh. We just watched this movie about Satanists. You know, at first I thought we watched a movie about Santa, but boy was I wrong. <laughs> what is the uh the learning disability? Were you dyslexia? Dyslexia, yeah. <laughs> this must have confused religious <laughs> dyslexics. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see a Christmas movie. I think this came out in theaters uh, last spring, actually. Oh, that recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Johnny and I, I think, had an intent to go to the theaters, but time scheduling a weekly, twice weekly podcast takes up some. Does some, it? It yeah. does. It, t- it takes a, kind of a lot of work. Who knew? Five stars in a review, Apple Podcasts. Thank you. <laughs> but we finally got to it because Hulu conveniently has it on their platform. Thanks, Disney Hulu. owned Hulu. Thanks, Mouse. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Goofy. Thanks, Pete, the cat villain character. Huh? Uh huh. Um. Yeah, but, Pete. You know Pete. Yeah. Uh the the cow, Laura Bell, the cow. I'm trying to go with. Real deep Disney cuts here. Yeah, you're uh, going right over my head with that. Bucky Bug. Thank you, Bucky Bug. Mm-hmm. Yep, that too. Yep. We're talking about the film Hell Satan, directed by Penny Lane. There's a question mark in that title. Mm-hmm. And it's about the satanic church. Temple. S- temple. Yeah. Satanism. Ginger, what is it? Uh, uh, it's a big sa- question. It is a kind of big question. I think it can kind of be interpreted different ways um it's about blood orgies and sacrificing orphans is it though maybe the orgies maybe sometimes who doesn't like a good orgy right am Uh, i right no one's raising their hands in this room no um and i do want to say that the, the satanic temple is not to be confused with the church of satan right which there is a lot of confusion around those distinctions but this is the satanic temple satanic Satantic. Satantic. Mm-hmm. Pedantic satantic. <laughs> we go to Tallahassee. Tallahassee. When you want to talk about the devil, Satan, where else would you go but Tallahassee, Florida? It's 2013. We see a lot of blurred faces. Someone's like, yes, I'd like to set up for my satanic temple meeting. And it's they, they obviously know that they're going to get some reaction from people all around them. Because that word, devil, Satan. Satan. Mm-hmm. That word alone draws a lot of attention and a lot of reaction. I've got the chills. Just listening to you say it. Satan. Ooh. The, the Satanists are supporting Florida Governor Rick Scott. Evangelical Governor Rick Scott. There should be prayer in public schools. Rick Scott. A satanic temple fully supports Florida Governor Rick Scott, who has been pushing for prayer in public schools. Jesus Christ uh, became my savior at a very young age. Uh, That's right. Satanists pushing for prayer and backing a Tea Party favorite. Why are they supporting Rick Scott? And the Satanists more like satirically are like, yes, we support this. That way we can inject our religious influence of Satan into this as well. They're like fake supporting Rick Scott. But in this, for the purpose of this, it's like, 
oh great, we can all throw down our religious perspectives in public institutions. Right. They're trolling, if you will. They are. And they are the OG trolls. We meet people. <laughs> this music that's going off, I'm like, did Larry David pick some of this oh music? Oh my gosh. wrote down that it's kind of reminiscent of the british baking show oh yeah like <laughs> like when they're ready to do their like, their big challenge or something like it's kind of goofy kind of like jaunty whimsical yeah whimsical. that's a good way to put they it. do seem the church or the satanic temple folk do seem kind of whimsical in a lot of ways they do and i really appreciate that but we meet a lot of people and they're like nicholas crow and malcolm jari and but they're all we hear them talk, but they're all darkened out. Yeah, people are kind of hiding behind pseudonyms throughout this organization. And we meet a Lucius Greaves, who co-founded Lucian. Lucian, and he co-founded the Satanic Temple, the modern Satanic, and represents what it has become over the years, which is pushing more into. A political organization. Yeah, I have written down the Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religious and political activist group based in the United States, founded by Lucian Graves, Greaves, Graves, Greaves, and Malcolm Berry yeah. in 2013. Uh, they're the ones behind a lot of the when when Ten Commandments statues pop up. They're the ones there with wicked, awesome Baphomet statues to yeah. go up right beside them. And of course, if you don't want the challenge of the Baphomet statue. There's one thing you can do. Don't put up the Ten Commandments on public tax-paid property. Yeah, hey, how about that? I am a non-religious person, and when it comes to the idea of excluding, uh, keeping religion out of public spaces like this, not only am I not against that, I am outwardly for keeping these institutions out of the public area. Agreed. And a lot of people can perceive this as a threat, but no one's going into your church and telling you how to worship. It's that your church is going into public institutions to represent itself. And, of course, we see when people are trying to put in other religious representations just how open people truly are to religious liberty. And it's that hypocrisy that the Church of Satan loves to point out. And because, or not Church of Satan, I keep saying that, Satanic Temple, (laughs) point out. And that is just fodder, fodder for the media. Mm-hmm. Fodder for Megan Kelly. Is it like Lucian as in Lucifer? Is that where is that why you're called that? Sure, as you like. Because we have a history of satanic panic in this country, so it becomes a mark. And they understand that this is that their namesake and what they how they dress and how they act and the fun statues they want to put up, they are manipulating media. Once you realize how the media is constructed, it becomes incredibly easy to manipulate. To their own ends. And it works very well. Regardless of what corporate media structure you support, to me there's really no left. It's just like center and then right. But some stations, they will um, they'll, they'll criticize Donald Trump, which everybody should. But at the same time, it's not, they put up this air as though they dislike him. But the reality is, like, talking about a guy like Trump has made them more money and viewership than ever before in the 21st century. Does the media know they're being manipulated by these singular facets? Or do they know and they don't care? It's just a matter of clicks and what people react to. 
I think I think I go with that one. We're just in a purely reactionary environment, and it seems to just not improve in any measure. And the Satanic Temple understands that and executes it almost in the most perfect sense. And it's more endearing when they do it because the only power structures they represent are the mo- their own selves. Mm-hmm. Unlike corporate media structures, which are blankets of other companies and claim to represent the hearts and minds of a lot of people, a lot of viewership. The temple, they perform a red mass over the grave <laughs> of, oh of Fred Phelps's mother. I think Fred- it's a pink mass. A group from New York's Satanic Temple made the trip to Meridian to protest the Westboro Baptist Church. They performed a ritual they call Pink Mass on the grave of Katherine Johnston, the mother of Westboro founder Fred Phelps Jr. The ceremony involved two same-sex couples kissing over her grave. They then declared Katherine Johnston a lesbian in the afterlife. So this all kind of started when um, they came out in protest of the Westboro Baptist Church and the founder or leader, Fred Phelps. <laughs> okay, so his, his mother is buried in the cemetery. They basically kind of spit out this sort of like tale of sort of comparing it to like a, a, a reverse baptism situation, I guess, like a post-mortem baptism Um which is, I believe, a Mormon idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, post-Mormon conversion, where they actually, instead of... They, they, <laughs> they claim that this mother of Fred Phelps is now a lesbian in the afterlife. <laughs> Every time a same-sex couple kisses that she's pleasured in the afterlife. The posthumous baptism, I think that is a Mormon creation. Yeah. Seems like they're helping her out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> think that... Uh, <laughs> a lot of people see it that way but yeah i mean it's not you know there's nothing like well i would say not nefarious but i guess you know it could definitely be construed the posthumous, the posthumous baptism thing is controversial and, but if you don't believe that the mormons are like actually accomplishing this i don't see why it would matter to you right lucian also goes on to put his uh genitalia on her grave <laughs> as well this sounds like something I would have done in like. Yes, two, it does. In, I thought that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> now they got a, and they got themselves a nice little house in Salem where people died for persecution of witchcraft. But they checked themselves. They're like, our the original founder of modern Satanism is from a guy named Anton Lavey. You see now the Reverend Anton Zandor Lavey, who is the founder and high priest of the First Church of Satan who uses uh, as somewhat of a credo this timeless quote, remember, evil backwards spells live. The Satanists are described, as you stated, like the original troll. There is an explanation of his organization by Anton. He was all, all, all over a lot of talk shows in his day. Oh, yeah, and loving every minute of it. He was a joyous, and you get uh, imagery of naked party church with snakes. Now, I'm not a religious guy, but naked party church with snakes? <laughs> Sign me up for that. kind of pulling me in a little further than all the other <laughs> religions do. Satan is simply a word that means the adversary or the opposition or the accuser. It doesn't necessarily mean evil or brutality or cruelty. It simply means the dissenter. But the modern uh, satanic temple has turned Satanism into more of a political thing, which seems like it functions very nicely in that way. Jex Blackmore? Yeah. 
we meet her, and she's an interesting uh, person. Yes, she is. She's got a very interesting kind of uh, character arc in this documentary, too. She she's almost has more uh, like a harder punk angle to the yep. satanic yes, she does. Uh, movement. But she says... If you're godless, free-thinking, and a rebel, then you are a Satanist in the eyes of many in our community and society, and certainly by people in your government whether you like it or not. We see rallies at public spaces all over from Arkansas to Oklahoma City, all over the place. I love the black and white American flags. Me too. They're fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. They're so stark looking. I remember the first time I saw the image, I think it was like an Ansel Adams photograph of an American flag, just black and white, pretty infamous photograph. And then you got the cover to Outcast Stankonia. They're yeah. standing in front of a black and white yes. American flag. There's just something, the symbology of that in black and white just seems so more, it, it, it's hard to explain. It kind of stirs something interesting in me. Like, yes, poignant. Like, it seems almost makes that symbolism more ghost-like, more corporal, kind of represents something that is present or past that maybe isn't acknowledged in a lot of way. It's It's an interesting, I've always been fascinated with that black and white imagery involving the American flag. I kind of want one of those flags, is what I'm saying. And we get clips from Haxon, which we talked about this movie like two weeks ago, as of this recording. There is a black mass in Boston. Liberal forward-thinking enclave. Probably going to be no pushback here, right? None. Oh, none. Yeah. But what happens? Well... Thousands of Catholics in a more than hour-long procession through the streets of Cambridge. If someone was going to do a KKK reenactment or a minstrel show or something like that, I would hope the reaction would be outrage. This is definitely an act of hatred, an act of bigotry directed towards the church and towards her faithful people. We've actually got a little bit of a petition if anybody watching would like to sign. Nearly 60,000 names of people who objected to this hate. JK, Boston <laughs> is like hugely Catholic. So Whoa. they shut they shut it down like really pretty quickly. Um, or do their very best to shut down this black mass. They put on their own parade, the Archdiocese March. Thousands. Of, yeah. Thousands. Did they, it's kind of like that time that they all came out and marched uh, when they found out that all the pedophile priests had been molesting people for generations. Yeah. yeah it's similar a, to that march. Uh-huh, there's a big, there's a big turnout for that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, was there a march for that? Wait, come to think of it. Hold on a second. Surely, surely <laughs> there was. A priest comes out and compares what the church is do or what the satanic temple is doing against the church. They compare them to the clan. We get we they're compared to ISIS at some point. Yeah, I yeah, mean, don't they? I mean, they're totally considered to be a hate group at the very least. My personal political stance: I find myself, yes, I'm not all about the right. Also, find myself uh, criticizing what I see as a toothless neoliberal system that has dominated everything. But I got to say, when you talk about things, these ex certain extremities, we get people saying things like. Yeah, build your devil statue and shoot the person next to them. <laughs> right. Comparing them to people, clansmen who attack people for ways that they can't control, you choose to be religious, in, at least in our society. It just seems that extremity, the, the jokes about murdering things, 
I was looking up online about like the helicopter rides, the Pinochet, the Chilean right wing dictator, how that's become this thing in the right wing communities to joke about throwing socialists or whatever out of helicopters. It seems like the violent rhetoric, specifically to murder, even if it's played off as a joke, seems to swing more to that right leaning thing way of way of things. And we're talking about people who are supposedly defend, uh, defending the cross and Christian values and Christian culture. Yeah. And you hear that all throughout this movie. To compare them to the Klan, like, what does that make you equivalent to um, a marginalized black person in um, the antebellum South? Like, what the fuck does that mean, you know? They don't even know what it means, honestly. Yeah. They're just throwing, throwing words around, ideas around. They're, yeah. We're I mean, talking about an organization who has spent millennia being responsible for government corruption, being responsible for mass executions for hundreds of years, being responsible for burying basically a, a giant pedophile ring. There's no true consequence to, th to this. Notre Dame burns down <laughs> and they're handed $4 billion to rebuild it. And that's a tragedy in terms of amazing architecture. But a real tragedy has people die in it mm -hmm. or has people disaffected in it. The idea that you would think that as a Catholic, you are just, you're the victim against this greater thing that's coming down on you. He's Meanwhile, well, you know, again, covering up child sex abuse for who knows how long. I mean, forever and ever and ever. And, but that's okay. And we understand that the vast majority of Catholics do not promote those kind of things, but they're often willing to overlook it when they're comparing to other things that they don't like, it's easy to see the power structures that someone else has than it is to see your own. And it's just maddening. It oh. is. It is maddening. Oklahoma. The wind comes sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. That musical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Ten Commandments go up on government property. What comes out in turn is a proposal for a statue of Baphomet. I want to show you what this is going to look like. Take a look here. It's a seven-foot-tall, goat-headed demon sitting on a throne with two children next to it. I love how people are like, the children. Having little kids around it, uh, that's just ridiculous. The but children. The children. <laughs> yeah. They, at this point in the movie, as they're setting up this statue, they've... There's an interesting banjo gospel song playing. The music choices in this are pretty interesting, I find. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. There are souls to save You think it's all going to be black metal. It's not. It's actually kind of it's kind of fun. They modeled the torso after uh, Iggy Pop. Yep. Which that's but, yeah, just no yeah, no no breasts on this one because we got Iggy Pop. It's a great choice for a, a good Baphomet statue. Yeah, yeah solid choice. And that's when we get a guy saying that. They should be able to put the statue up and then they should be shot right next to it and then we take it down. But the Ten Commandments are taken down because if you take down, if you don't put up Ten Commandments, then the the Satanic Temple will not put up because they want equal representation if religious representation is going to appear in public spaces. Exactly. They're like kind of main... Um, idea behind the protest of the commandment statue and like the initiation of the Baphomet statue is to represent religious pluralism and not, not just like a monotheistic 
society, yeah. which, you know, we hear over and over again from like the, the Christian point of view that we are a Christian nation. So, I mean, why not have a Ten Commandments statue in any and all government properties? Because that clearly represents the entire nation <laughs> and their beliefs, right? Yeah. I mean, some parts of it are good. Don't kill, right? But then the don't no other gods before me thing, that doesn't seem to apply to mm. everyone. And there are conversion testimonies of what brought people mm-hmm. to the satanic temple. Representation from London, New York, Stockholm, Detroit, Chicago, Santa Cruz, Los Angeles. Seems you know, to be all all, all colors, genders, sexualities, all mm-hmm. represented here. One guy kind of tells this interesting anecdote about how he came to have a different viewpoint of things that he was in uh, in school watching a film about Gandhi and they get to this entire incredible film about Gandhi and the teacher says well you know Gandhi wasn't a Christian so he's in hell now (laughs) (laughs) so the guy's like is that what we're supposed to take away from this like that's the message we're supposed to get that was always an issue I had yeah totally and uh, you get stories of a lot of people when they were kids how they felt kind of separate from a lot of people around them. And I kind of felt that too. I was one of those pesky kids that did not want to be told when to stand for a pledge of allegiance. I could see that. So I'd be the kid getting in arguments with teachers. But get this, I was going to church during those days. I was a church kid yeah, doing okay. that shit, which was a little... A lot of other church kids weren't really doing that either. Oh, I'm sure they weren't, yeah. But yeah, I was just that kind of like a little punk shit. So I kind of, when people are telling their past stories and stuff, I kind of felt for that. Even despite the fact that I dabbled in Christianity or whatever, I never, I don't know. Embraced it fully in your heart? I still listened to secular music. I still said whatever I wanted to say. I I had a genuine desire to fill something within that realm to understand something because I saw something positive in it. Right. You know, the thing that's the biggest letdown of all, other than the basic scriptural contradictions that don't make a lot of sense and the adults in my life that would claim to have answers yet would it would be really easy to get them to uh, be like oh well i don't know faith i guess you know but um i found that you know the kids in my the the fellow children in those environments not all of them uh but some that i were close to were very sincere they wanted to understand they wanted to do good in it and it just seemed like the grown adults were the ones that were the biggest letdown of all. The ones that seemed to be the most contradictory. And that's maybe some realities of adulthood. But I felt like once I got approaching adulthood that I don't have to be a contradictive dick if I just don't wave this flag. Right. I can. I, I think a lot of it comes down to a lack of a accountability or encouraging accountability in people. Yeah. You know? As we get older. Did you grow up Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian? A uh, Methodist. Okay, me too. My grandmother was raised Church of Christ and then went to Baptist churches for a while. I kind of bounced in and around with other friends' churches too, but I was yeah. baptized Methodist. Okay. Yeah. Comparably, well. they seemed more chill than most of the other ones, I got to say. That's what uh, that's what they say, yeah. But, you know, they still got problems. Like, we had problematic old folk in that church as well oh sure that had some racist ideas and some reasons why they didn't want to build things or whatever but the phoenix city council they hold meetings and they do public prayers and the satanic temple is like okay fine we'd like to come to these council meetings and do our own evocations 
And that's when we start getting ISIS comparisons. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't let ISIS come in and give a prayer at the city of Phoenix. Are you comparing these guys to ISIS? Well, ISIS is evil. What is Satan? I'm embarrassed for these people for their lack of imagination. Yeah. <laughs> their lack of nuance in their life. This is just, this is the exact reactionary horseshit that, I, that I'm just so fucking tired of. Mm-hmm. And we see city meetings and people saying how they don't like the devil. How many people actually have a dollar bill or a piece of money in their wallet or their pocket? I do believe it says, in God we trust. So are we invoking still the blessings of God on our state and our city? Are we invoking the curses of the deity spoken of that they serve as Satan? There are too many curses on our land and we don't need another curse. Do we want God in this room or don't we? God, what a shock that people <laughs> would react would in this they? way. Yeah, I know. In Arkansas, some Ten Commandments have come up and that's when we meet Mason Hargett who doesn't look too out there. He wears a little bow tie. Yeah. I am a tax-paying member of the state of Arkansas, and those are my capital grounds, and I don't want that there. He, he, he said he was a very much a, a religious boy growing up, hardcore, mm -hmm. and then he became like a zesty little atheist. I know. Zesty little atheist. It, in his words, he said that. I, I love that. Zesty little atheist. I know, that was great. Zesty little atheist. But then he goes to an atheist meeting, and the Temple of Satan has his speech there. And then he converts specifically to their... And the church is... The Temple of Satan is not necessarily so different from atheism. Like, you could be... Have, like, kind of that removal. But they also do rituals in the nature of religion. They do consider themselves a religion, just a non-theistic religion. And, of course, there's a thousand questions as to, like, well, if you don't believe in Satan, why? Why, why call yourself a Satanist, why? yeah. But, this, but the idea of Satan is just the ultimate adversary figure in our culture, in our society. In the United States, if you want to draw news media, piss off a whole town full of folk, say you're a Satanist. And yeah. that's how you get attention. When we first see the Temple of Satan doing a speech, there are people there, but it seems like most of what we see are news media. Yeah. That's the majority that are populating the thing. So it just goes to show, like, if it was based solely on people's attentions themselves a lot of this might go unnoticed but you put it on a camera and suddenly that gets heightened times a thousand and that really just plays into the satanic temple's hands they they expect you to come down to city hall and give tearful testimony on why you don't like satan they understand that a hundred and ten percent but this is a christian nation isn't it it is ginger mm -hmm. founded our forefathers we're all Christians. The Constitution was a Christian document, right? <laughs> uh, did it? Boy, the Founding <laughs> Fathers had a more of a, a deistic side to them. Kind of like a pre-agnosticism in a way, where they maybe were open to the idea of some kind of deification, but were not presumptive in knowing exactly what it is, or that it necessarily laid a value to it. Not every Founding Father was like this, but guys like... James Madison, a lot of people say George Washington was, Benjamin Franklin was, mm. and um, uh, Thomas Paine, who wrote The Rights of Man, which is a book that's often thrown around by conservative circles, wrote treaties on how the Christian religion is oppressive to man. Thomas Paine wrote Common Sense, which is what conservatives 
side a lot, but he also wrote Rights of Man, which is, in his opinion, the oppressive nature of Christian structures in society. And those were, and those are the structures that he was most aware of in his cultural background. But everyone skips that part of Tom Spain's writings. <laughs> Parents, protests, and after-school Satan club. The Satanic Temple says that the club is meant to broaden the mindset of students through critical thinking skills. These parents don't seem to understand that the kids don't have to go to these clubs if they don't want to. You know, I understand you guys don't want to follow the status quo of religion. That's fine. What you guys do in your own time is your own business. Mm -hmm. If you really just want to help the community, then go help the community. We can help the community as Satanists. How are you guys going to help the community as Satanists? We have been around the have... country. We are providing an alternative viewpoint, opportunity for kids to have an understanding that there is different ways of looking at the world. That's fine. But boy, you get an indignant mom. We do. Her, her face is blurred, but she really lets them have it. You're not their parents. Why don't you go do this at your kids' school? Please. You guys Please. are horrible people. You have scared an entire school district. You have frightened an entire community. I hope that falls in line with your guys of enlightenment and prosperity. Hey, watch your language with a kid. There's like a children's book, like a satanic kid's coloring book. It's adorable. I actually want one. I want one, too. It's called the, the Satanic Children's Big Book Activities. It's got, <laughs> yeah, a really cute, like, little illustration on the front. The fucking indignancy of these parents. You know, we talk a lot about the problems of public schools, whether it be standardized testing or, or how we defund some districts as opposed to others. But there is also the element of... Uh, <laughs> Parents who want, in all aspects of life, their own beliefs or structures parroted right back to them. Yeah. Even if it goes beyond. If a school has after school Bible studies, which mine did, and I actually went to some in my day. Oh, okay. You can. Why not have, like, youth satanic prayer meetings? And, again, that's the thing that they're just trying. They're, they're trying to kind of reiterate is, like, the main sort of idea is religious pluralism where you can't have one religion represented and not allow all any and all others but people just i mean this is this is like this documentary if nothing else highlights just the huge misunderstanding and just like missing the point like way missing the point like by light years that most of these people do like just with like the whole mission and and message of the satanic temple in this whole religious pluralism idea you know they can't see well why christianity can't be just the only religion represented like why not they just yeah. simply don't understand why that can't why that can't be the case you know it just seemed weird to inject certain things and it, it's like you don't talk about emily dickinson in math class you know so <laughs> i've never been opposed to like a broad the theology studies in public schools but they have to represent multiple religions mm -hmm. over time. And so when you say the sentence like, they should teach theology in school, a far-right religious person will be like, yes, I agree with that statement. And then, you, then you'll be like, cool. And then we, when we get to the Abrahamic religions, we'll have to include Islam as well as ancient Judaism. And then that's when you start hearing things like, now hold on just yeah, a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, freedom. That's not freedom. <laughs> but yeah, these outraged mommies want to... To speak to these satanic kids' managers. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And then, uh, and you know what kind of haircuts they got. And then Geraldo shows up. Whether a Satan exists is a matter of belief. 
but we are certain that Satanism exists. To some, it's a religion. To others, it's the practice of evil in the devil's name. It exists and it's flourishing. When you need a low life in your documentary. We need to look to Geraldo. Out oozes Geraldo Rivera because <laughs> he was up in the business of the satanic panic in the 80s. Mm. We're talking to people who are who tell stories of how they love D&D and then D&D got wrapped up in the satanic panic. Yeah, I was like, don't come for D&D, people. Oh, don't come for D&D. Yeah. Come with D&D. <laughs> and when it came to the question of who who would have wanted this kind of after-school satanic organization, many people within this temple were like, man, I really would have loved something like that when I was a youngster. And we also get some backmasking. I love a good backmasking. <laughs> Back to Stairway to Heaven. Here's that same section reversed. And we get a good statement, which is very true that people often overlook when they look at the satanic panic thing. It just kind of seems like a juicy thing, like a fun thing. I think in a lot of people's modern context, we kind of dip into the satanic imagery from time to time, mainly around Halloween or something, mm -hmm. and have a little fun with it. A little Satan spice to gussy things up. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. But the truth is, a lot of that panic back then ruined people's fucking lives. Yes, it did. This is a rabbit hole in and of itself. We yeah. we really do need a documentary that specifically goes beat by beat with a lot of issues. of. I mean, we got uh, the West Memphis Three is probably the, one of the more recent ones that we've seen. When you see all these people crying over after-school satanic programs or people wanting to have equal represent, religious representation if you're going to put up represent, religious representation, you're seeing panic right there. Mm -hmm. You're empowering this by giving it the attention. If you ignored it, there'd be no way the Temple of Satan could exist. Well, and it's also such, you know, again, just misunderstanding, missing the point, misplaced panic. Yes. Like if they really listened to the message... They would have nothing, honestly, to panic about. Right. You know, no one, not one person has come, said that they're coming for the Christian religion. They're not coming for you, trying to take it away from you. They're just trying to, they're just trying to have a place at the table. It's the word. They can't get past the word. Yeah. They just totally it, hung up on, on just, the word. It's reading the headline without the article. It's just the word. Mm. And they can't get it around their head. But you know what? The satanic temple, and this is my favorite thing about them. They actually do things. Yeah, the they do. Menstruating with Satan, get uh, feminine hygiene products out to homeless women. That is an amazing cause. It is. These small things like clean socks, they do a clean sock drive for the homeless. Mm -hmm. They do a blood drive in Seattle. These are great things that, you know, other churches do this as well. And it's nice to see that the, temp the Satanic Temple does this. One of my favorite is uh, in Arizona, they adopted a highway <laughs> and they were using pitchforks to clean the highway. I thought that was really clever. Now, the Catholic Church, they probably saw that the Satanic Temple rituals involve naked people writhing around. I think their problem is that these naked people are too grown. <laughs> if you make it naked children, then we'll probably be a little more on board for this kind of thing. You might be right. You might be right. <laughs> you can hear the unsubscribers. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I heard 12 just then. This is an interesting thing that they point out, and this is something that I've always thought when uh, when uh, pro-life protesters, how 
it it does seem like that they care more about what they project onto an unborn child than they do the actual children and parents of these children that are here right now. Oh, of course. I mean, that, there's clear evidence of that. So they've so they say it seems like a lot of the right, especially the evangelical right, are fetishizing the fetus, and they absolutely are one hundred percent. I was cracking up. I know you were. At this point, they come dressed in like baby masks, wearing diapers, like S and M baby. They yep. look like S and M babies. Fetish and, babies, yeah. And, pe- and people holding anti-abortion signs. They look confused as shit. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like a parade, yeah, of like these like sexy babies, <laughs> and they're doing like dancing and performance art. <laughs> it's really unnerving, but hilarious and very clever. It may not get people in their offices in Washington to just be like, oh, well, I'm going to change things around. Right. But it but it does counter this little bit of protest over here. Like protests, counter-protests are good in the light of the protests themselves. Mm. And they can be fun and they can be creative. I think it's fair to question their overall capabilities. But when you see that cycle in that in that environment, it works in that specific environment. Now, let's get to these tenets. Okay. The Satanic Temple has the tenets. Let's let's read through them and see if we're down with any of them. Okay. Yep. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. I like that one, too. It kind of acknowledges that this isn't something that just is ever going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they're saying like they're, you have a responsibility. That's another thing that they've kind of tried to um, reinforce in this. It's like you have you kind of have a responsibility to put your money where your mouth is, or like you know really participate in order to create the change that you're trying to see. Yeah. Um, okay. Number three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Hundred percent behind that. Mm-hmm. Inviolable? Inviolable. What's that mean? It means you can't, um, it means it is, it cannot be manipulated by an outside force. It has to be determined by the individual. Thanks, Bobby. Or shouldn't be. Okay. Number four. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to attend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. And I will say, I copy these directly from the Satanic Temple website. Nice. Okay, number five. Beliefs should should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. I like that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, number six. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. I like that as well. It's understanding that we can be wrong, but we all, but also understanding if you're willing to move forward in that understanding that you can be forgiven. I think there maybe isn't enough of that. There's a lot of reaction against a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we maybe confuse who the enemies are sometimes nowadays, but we got to we gotta maybe be a little patient with people and let them learn things before we... Throw them under the bus sometimes. Just a little patience. Oh, shit. Okay. Number seven. Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. 
I'm a fan of justice and compassion. I'll go out on a limb and say I am too. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Controversy. Watch out. Hey, are you sure you want to say that on the <laughs> microphone? Please delete that, Bobby. <laughs> I will. Okay. <laughs> they also water the Ten Commandments every morning. Mm-hmm. Hope your state's not in a drought. I know. Can't, Fuck your drought. Thank God can water this piece of marble or whatever. The way we put symbols over human beings in this country is just fuck unfucking real. But someone, I don't know if they're directly satanic temple, but someone in Arkansas drove into the Ten Commandments. Within 24 hours of it being installed, yeah. <laughs> and they yelled, Freedom! And they streamed it on Facebook. <laughs> I like, and the person they talked to wore a hat that said Crunkster 430. <laughs> I felt a huge pressure come over me and I heard inside, destroy it tonight. This person's my spirit animal, I think. I think so too. I see you in him. And he can be in me. <laughs> We get a history of the imagery of the Ten Commandments. What do you know? It came from that Charlton Heston movie primarily, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, The stone tablets were spread around as a movie promotion. I kind of try to follow up on that that claim that that Paramount distributed all these different monuments across the world to promote this movie. And I don't know. I didn't... I didn't find a credible source to that. Sure. I'm not saying that it's not true, but I mean, I'm going to follow up on that because I'm very interested to see it's, if that's the case. It seems like the imagery of the Ten Commandments being on a, a, some some tablets, that doesn't seem like too much of a creative stretch to go in that direction. Not everyone's going to jump to those assumptions. A lot of people still, like a lot of, like the imagery of Santa Claus is something that came from the early 20th century. Mm. A lot of it was spread around by especially his modern style, a lot of it was spread around in Coca-Cola ads and shit like that. Yeah. And like the idea of, say, the rapture. Now, we have this assumption with modern pop culture that the rapture is you disappearing or floating off into heaven or something like that. But the Bible only acknowledges that the rapture is a thing. It doesn't really clarify what that looks like. So a lot of things that we take is definitely associated with popular culture. The images of white Jesus are prevalent in a sense to where I've had people growing up proclaim that Jesus was probably white. And it's like, no, he absolutely was not. He was a very much deep olive skinned Jewish guy from the Middle East. You mean he's not blonde haired and blue eyed? Yeah. Well, what is all the artwork you see everywhere? I mean, that begs to differ. But that imagery is so prevalent to those who choose not to ask questions, who maybe were indoctrinated in these religious circles their entire lives. I think there are a lot of Christians out there that that understand that these cultural representations are probably grossly inaccurate. Sure, yeah. But there are way too many people who who base their understanding on these things without recognizing that this, these are also just other asshole people that are doing this stuff. They're at least willing to not question anything. Yeah, which is the problem. Pure flicks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so once the once the statue falls down, donations start coming in. Who is one of the biggest uh, donators, Bobby? Oh, the uh, ad movie streaming service, Pure <laughs> Flix. No one's ever told me about God before. He loves you, man, and he's there for you 24-7. He's got you under his spell now, too? Not under any spell. There are biblical prophecies coming true, Eve, just as they have in the past. Have you rejected your faith or just everything it stands for? I'm not a bad man, Agent Daughtry. If there's something that needs handling, people come to me. 
Christ the Lord is the center of Christmas. Not our rights, not our tradition. Christmas starts with a capital C. Peace on earth. Merry Christmas. Pure Flakes focuses on bringing you the best. Who, who funded a little movie you might have heard of called God's Not Dead 2. 2, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with such notable names as Melissa Joan Hart, Jesse Metcalf, Robin Givens, Favorites. and someone from Duck Dynasty. I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> Probably the one with the beard. I remember being a kid going to church stuff and the the stuff that they would make you watch would always be these videos in which like everyone hates Jesus, but this small group of people. I remember watching this like after school religious video where some kid slaps a Bible out of another kid's hand. (laughs) I remember being so confused by this because I lived in the rural South. Right. Literally everyone around me was like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And yet they were positing that we were some kind of uh, stricken minority. And I can honestly... in a war against like oppression or something, yeah. And and if I compare my times of being vocally uh, against religious structures compared to the times in which I was um, trying to go within them and be a part of them, I can honestly say no one ever shat on me in my Christian days, for being a Christian human right. being. No, of course not. But I sure got a lot of stink eyes from people when I would maybe do my college art pranksterism. Now, uh, this is, you know, this is like a perspective from us in the South. Yeah. That may not be the case in, certainly not the case in other parts of the world where Christianity probably sure. faces a lot more uh, negative action. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, for us growing up in the South, that was just not like you were never, no one's going to turn your back on you for Mm. being a Christian here, really. The cultural norms that these people are trying to create a cultural balance against are stuff that is prevalent in like ancient religious structures in North America and in throughout Europe. Obviously, whatever religion, whether it be from like any kind of systematic Buddhism to Islam or whatever, that is making anyone do anything that they don't want to. I mean, the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple is going to be obviously against those structures as well. But based on their location and where they are and what dominates the mainstream, this is how they come out. This is it's def, it's it's a Western organization meant to counter these ancient Western uh, demagogueries and shit like that. You're a demagoguery. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that was the right word for that, but I said it, and I'm just going to move Go on. Go with it. Jex Blackmore. Interesting lady. Uh, at this point in the movie, I was thinking, look, this is a lot of fun, and I'm kind of with a lot of these political things, but I need a little more nuance within the Satanic Temple. Because, let's face it, you got a, you got a buildings full of outsiders, there, and they don't just stop being outsiders when they all get together, right? Jex Blackmore... Puts on a ceremony that that calls for the murder of political figures, not least of which is the current president. We are going to disrupt, distort, destroy, reclaim, resist, and rebuild. We are going to storm press conferences, kidnap an executive, release snakes in the governor's mansion, execute the president. And they're putting pigs' heads on spikes. And this looks a little more like the satanic rituals that a lot of people might 
come up with in their stereotypical minds. Yeah. And um, you might be an outsider within the Satanic Temple, but this is a little calling for violence is a little too much for the modern Satanic Temple. Yeah, because one of the cornerstones of of their sort of like, I guess you could say, belief system is nonviolence. I mean, yeah. they're a nonviolent organization. So, yeah, that was definitely problematic. And, you know, and, and also, you know, it's always interesting that she, and we, you kind of see this throughout the film, and especially here, where you, they even call her like a wild card. Like she's sort of, yeah, she's sort of functioning in her own way because she's doing the things that she, in the ways that she sees that they should be done. And, and honestly, like, not everything she says and does, I'm, I'm on board with it a lot. She's got, she's kind of got the right idea, I think, as far as like... Her anger is very relatable. It is. It really is. You know, a lot of like, she says something about like, you can't dismantle a um, system while functioning within it. You yeah. have to function with outside of it and attack it in a way. And I mean, I'm a nonviolent person too, so I would mm. never call for violence or murder or anything like that. So... That is something that I can say yeah. I'm not on board with, but um, and I, then it also that ended up causing some problems for her, some big problems for her. I think for me, I don't consider myself necessarily a purely nonviolent person. I certainly do not like the resort of violence. I think there's a thousand ways to go, but I do feel like there are things in this world that will make me deck you in the face. You know, like if don't you don't deck me in the face, if Bobby. you really strip you it dare. down to it. <laughs> but I, I think, but I understand her anger when she says kill the president. Now, in spirit, I'm with you where your mind is. I, you're reacting to injustice and that can make you very fucking angry. And I get that with every ounce of my being. But I don't want to kill the president, not because I like him, but because you're going to, this is going to have a, a political backlash and a level of martyrdom that is not going to play positively for the rest of society. A guy like Donald Trump, you want him up, alive, and in jail shitting his pants. On camera, if you can help it. It's a lot of wishful thinking to think things like that are going to happen. But killing a political figure, that's something that can very much easily be manipulated against you. Maybe breathe. Go ahead, scream, kill the president, and then sit down, roll up a hog's leg. <laughs> burn that mf'er down and then be like okay i'm calm now let's go back to helping the community well unfortunately for her this caused her to be fired essentially from the satanic temple you know she was a kind of a high functioning leader within the organization and from what i can tell she was like completely just kicked out essentially they're just a little more hardcore up in Detroit City. Yeah, and she she says uh, she's like kind of giving a phone interview. It looks like, and she says, "I have to say it. It does feel a little bit satisfying to be, you know, fired from the Satanic Temple for being too extreme." That's true, and it's kind of like a little bit of a badge of honor for her. I'm sure she seemed um, to take a little pride in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, why not make sure. the best of the situa situation? But you know, and and. We see a couple of people kind of respond to that, including Lucien, saying that, you know, again, they're a nonviolent organization. You can't have one member speaking for the organization. And, and they're kind of getting to the point now where, unfortunately, they do have to sort of adhere to some of these social rules and like and mandates or whatever um, in order to kind of do the things they want to do and go the distance that they want to go. 
and you and he says you lose some things and you gain some things in that way. Yeah. So where they may lose some of their edge and abilities to kind of like be more extreme and and say the more extreme things when you're so widespread you just can't you just can't do that it's interesting where like where is the the satanic temple going to go because you you feel like you had a lot of people with a lot of looks Mm -hmm. if you could and the guy from arkansas who was dressed mainly in a bow tie he seemed like Something that on the street, he maybe just seemed kind of like, maybe like a little nerd guy. Not so much. He maybe have to unpeel the onion a little bit yeah. to get the Satanist stuff. If you get to the point where you got a guy who's dressed like like a guy from Wisconsin. He's dressed in a Packers jersey and he's got the cheese head on. And he, <laughs> without a slightest hint of irony, goes, I'm a member of the uh, Satanic Temple then that's a sign that you're really hitting the mainstream of things. Yeah. That your message is really starting to get a hold of things, you know. Because everyone's, they're, they're used to being uh, shat on in a very specific way. And, you know, the gothism. Goth, that, there was plenty of goths where I grew up out in the sticks, you know. It's, it's just this kind of a counterculture thing that's so prevalent and seems to pop up in so many different places and many cultures. It's kind of interesting how that works. And how that comes together. But if you can get to that point where an everyday looking schlub can just be a self-described Satanist, then you're really on to something. It's right. look, if people they just happen to like to dress in black and wear a lot of black <laughs> eyeliner and have super cool fucking tattoos and be naked a lot. I love these things. Yeah. But you know, what if you got what if like imagine um someone at the at the at the knitting circle or a book club is just a casual Satanist and they're dressed yeah. in pastels. Well, you know, so so the question is, how do you do that? Do you do that by being extreme and kind of like following the original sort of like spirit of kind of like extreme activism, you know, yeah. and sort of like saying whatever you want to say and like giving people more like sort of like individual power to represent the message? Or do you do it in a more controlled way, like which is what they're having to end up do end up doing is kind of formalize the organization in a way to I guess the hope is to be able to have more legal standing or or legal clout or, or whatever, like more impact. Which which is the better way to go, you know? Well like you see like you see those, like nonprofits. Maybe think of like working in several nonprofits where you have this grassroots organization, you have all this stuff you want to do, these places you want to go and people you want to reach. But in order to get funding, in order to get certain privileges, benefits, whatever, you have to start functioning in the in the systems that you're trying to like kind of yeah. not work against, but at least change. And that kind of chokes your abilities in a way. It yeah. might get you far in some ways, but it also kind of chokes your original kind of like spirit of things the political angle of it is definitely always i mean they say it's pretty much a work in in progress and i suppose it's in terms of other uh realization or a a representation of their selves it, it is tricky you got people that are coming from a place of feeling like an outsider and then they're in their own groups and these are not people that necessarily they maybe don't stay in their own bubble. They're willing to get in front of people that really will hate their fucking guts, but they're still in it together. So they're 
they're rejecting traditionalist ideology. And this is common for a lot of young people like myself. You know, how many times is a 90s teenager listening to uh, uh, Offspring or some shit where you're like, (laughs) I don't want a house in a picket fence. I don't want to buy into this dream. And the older I get, I'm like, well, some of this stuff is okay. It it just represents culture or it represents a comfort and the ability to take care of your life, you know, and the factors that affect that, those can be a myriad of things. But I think the balance is like, how do they, they need to find a way their political stuff. It seems like they just need to keep doing what they're doing, but how do they represent themselves? And they do this with community organizing and stuff, how are they going to represent themselves as normal functioning human beings that happen to just be these people? There, what is there? So, what is the level of outreach in which they are not just representing themselves politically, but just as basic human beings that are mm. out in this world? They have to be a part of them. Has to maybe make themselves known, I guess, in the PTA meetings or in a subtle way, be that person. And as Helen gets to know you, then you could drop on her face. It's like, yeah, go, go to the Church of Satan downtown on Third Street. And then, like, what does Helen do? You Because you've already baked Helen all these brownies. Mm-hmm. You picked your kids up for soccer practice when she was busy one You're day. You're in her heart. What the fuck point. is Helen going to do now when, you, when she suddenly realizes that she seems so normal, <laughs> right? So you're saying don't lead with the fact that you're a Satanist. You're saying kind of wait and pop it on him. After you got them hooked. You know, I, I'm not, I don't know, but I think there's something to be said with uh, the mundane representations of out, outward thinking things. There's You're going to find a plateau of, of mundane there. And I think you can use that as an advantage sometimes to get closer to people. I think so too. And actually, I kind of think that that's a point that Lucian is trying to make. I don't want to say like a false sense of like security because it's not like, it's not like, like I said before, they're not coming after you. Like they're not no. trying to attack anybody. But if you can calm the fear, will they listen to you more? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like I think that's maybe to me that's what it kind of sounded like what you were saying. Yeah. But maybe that's maybe that's kind of one of their goals is to to do that. But and it may not you know change people's minds. That word Satan's always going to be a sticking point to people. Yeah. But. It, there is something to be said about showing that normalcy and under that veil. It will bring a question. It may not change that much, but the question arises. And it's like, I thought they would be this, and instead they're this. Yeah. That's pretty much the movie. That By the end of it, they erect the, the Baphomet statue in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if it's still there. but they It's did- not. It was only there for the rally. Hmm. There was like a little clip that... Um, Happened after the credits. What are those called? It's called something. The like, cliff or some sort of something that happens after the credits. Oh, sh- yeah, yeah. Post-credit. What, sure, whatever. Um, anyway, it was like a news story that was like, by the way, um, the statue was taken away as soon as the rally was over. It was never intended to like permanently Yeah, yeah. Because I guess people were probably like. I guess I kind of figured that. About yeah, yeah. So. Uh, are the Ten Commandments still up? In the I Arkansas? think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I know. Is, is your faith so weak that the world needs to parrot it back to you? Mm. Anyway, Ginger, we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. 
We rate them in the Herzog rating scale. The Satanic Herzog rating <laughs> scale. You can give this one through five Satanic Herzogs. I'm going to give it one through five Satanic Herzogs. Combined for a best out of ten Satanic Herzogs. I'll go first. Wasn't sure what to make of this movie. Or what I was going to make of this movie. It was a lot smarter than I maybe anticipated it being. I kind of thought maybe I would tease it a lot more than I ended up doing. Right. But I found myself more in solidarity to it in terms of ideas and political practices. I I don't... This isn't a... This is one religious organization that I... That, that it certainly doesn't bother me to know that they're out in the world. Because they sure don't have the amount of power that these ancient structures have. But it is... But if I saw them out on the street and I recognized them, I think... In a weird way, they kind of warm my heart. I find I found them to be heartwarming. I'm gonna dock it a little bit because I did they the on the Jacks Blackmore thing. It did hint towards some nuance within the organization, but I kind of would like to know a little more in that regard. I mean, are there some Satanists that are like socialists? You can see that maybe, but are there some that fancy themselves to be ultra capitalists? Like. There, it seems like there could be some gray area politically with some ideas as, you know, certain political extremes can sometimes cross over. Um, but that might add another half hour to the movie. And I'm grateful it was only like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but I think this is pretty solid and educational in terms of what's going on with these folk. I give it, I give it a solid four out of five Satanic Herzogs. Hey, that's not bad. Say so in response to your, your kind of... Uh statement about how it seemed like there might be a little bit more going on within the organization as we kind of saw with Jex. Mm-hmm. Um, I read in Wikipedia that Penny Lane intentionally left some of that out. Mm. Some of the internal sort of like conflict within the organization. Um, for whatever reason, I it didn't really say why. And also it, she left out sort of like the criticisms from the church estate in itself too. So that she had her reasons for leaving those things out. Maybe she'll do a follow-up. At some point, I'd like to see that. It'd be um, interesting. Like, I'd love to even watch an interview of her uh, stating these. It's probably I, out there. I would too. And, uh, and another interesting thing that I saw on Wikipedia is that she actually ended up joining the Satanic Temple after the fact, but only so far as to like she sent in like a twenty-five dollar donation and got a card. Yeah. And that she now regrets it because people can kind of use that against her now, saying like, "Oh, this is propaganda. This was made by a member of the." Oh, Satanic sure. Temple, when really it wasn't that like serious. She just kind of sent a. Her name seemed like such an odd, obvious pseudonym that I actually just assumed she was a part of the organization. She wasn't beforehand. Um, I don't know. It didn't really. I don't know if it said when she joined, but she did ended up, quote unquote, joining. I don't believe she's an active member. She could be at this point, um, but as of the Wikipedia article, she was not. Um, like I said, she kind of regretted that decision. And anyway. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this. I thought it was smart. I thought it was funny. Um, it was it was pretty dense as far as like you know interviews and uh, footage of like the protests. You know, people both in support of and in opposition to. Um, I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I enjoyed meeting or like seeing a lot of the members kind of talk about their experiences and sort of their reasons for participating. I thought there was some fun, like, footage cut in, like, of devil movies and some yeah, fun, yeah. An, like, animations. And it was really good, like, a very full-bodied documentary. So I would give it, I'm going to give it 
4.25. And there was some genuine laugh out loud moments for yeah. me as well. Like, yeah, seriously. Like genuine loud laughter. Mm-hmm. LOL. I don't say LOL Did, did you LOL? I did LOL a did few times. Did L-M- you LMO, LMOA? Wait, no. OA? My ass has never come off. Okay. All right. I try, but it's still there. Try your darndest, but your ass just stays right where it is. I, d- I have rolled on the floor laughing. Mm. I have I have R O F L. Ooh. But never my A O. <laughs> so you take your four point two five, combine it with my four. That is eight point two five for Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Directed by. You Penny know we al- we always have a problem with our math when we try to combine our scores. Mm-hmm. We always have an issue. We didn't have a, have an issue that time. Yeah. Go us. <laughs> if there, as long as there's not too many quarters in it, right, yeah. I think <laughs> I can handle it. Yep. But yeah, it was higher than I thought maybe I, we would go, honestly. I kind of, I often assume an average for something that, for most things, so. Well, I, you know, like I which said, is, that was really, really cool. Which is understandable and fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should always start at an average when you start something. <laughs> But that's that. 8.25 for Hail Satan. <laughs> hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Oh, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful Satanalia. Oh. Mm-hmm. I forgot to tell you, this is a December episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're in the spirit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got some solstice coming up. We've got... Christmas coming up. We talked to baby Jesus and he's like, talk about a movie about Satanists. I don't care. Is he going to be a guest uh, guest speaker on this show? He might. Oh, what's his heart? I wonder what he sounds like. Maybe a little something like this. Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> baby Jesus, is that you? Uh, that's me, baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. Um, happy... I sound like a baby Richard Pryor. <laughs> happy you must. Thank you. And happy you. <laughs> we need a holiday with your name in it. Ginger Mass. Mm, I like it. I like it. Gingemus. <laughs> Merry Gingemus. It's going to be next March 10th. All right. We'll celebrate Gingemus. <laughs> all right. Gingemus to you all. Thanks, and, baby Jesus. And keep on docking, dude. <laughs> Exposing Satan's underground. I like the story of like Abraham gonna kill his son, and Satan comes over. He's like, "Hey, uh, don't do this." And on one side, it's everyone goes, "Well, that's him tempting Abraham." And you go, on the other side, it's him going like, "Hey, asshole, don't kill your kid." Satan didn't sit on his ass and just watch that happen. He got up and did something. Hell, Satan! Jesus walked into the desert with no food. Right? <laughs> Satan comes to him and he tempts him with water and food. He's starving in the desert. Like, hey, dude, don't do this. Have some water. Like, you're fine. Hail Satan. The story of Adam and Eve is the story of Eve's original sin. Eve was very curious, as her nature was as a woman. The devil appeared in the form of a snake and offers the fruit of enlightenment. 
we are taught to fear that, but at the same time, it seems the most liberating because if we did not have that opportunity, we would have to be in total servitude without free choice. And ultimate servitude is slavery. <laughs> Unsuspecting young people are drawn to the occult by seemingly harmless pleasures. They start by participating in fantasy role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, you enter a very small room and there's a large black coffin right in the center. The gate's shut behind you.